0: Lord God, we bless you for Micah and we thank you for the humility of this man who serves you in conditions that for many of us would be debilitating to say the least. And we pray your blessing upon him, your anointing upon him as he speaks to us. Father, we're entering into a week of prayer and fasting because we know that we are so impoverished and we pray that you would have mercy on us and as you speak through your servant, will you quicken our hearts to hear you and to know the life to which you've called us and the ministry to which you've called us, to know the risen Lord Jesus. We bless you for the testimony that you've given to Micah. And we just ask you to continue to encourage him, provide for him, and teach him as he teaches us, we pray, of your faithfulness and of your goodness. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. My name is Micah. and. I come from Uganda, as I shared with you briefly. I was raised up in a very strong Anglican background. My dad is a retired canon in the Anglican Church. My uncle is the Archbishop of of the Church in Uganda, and I've got this rich Anglican heritage. And At the age of 12, I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And ever since then, the Lord has been taking me through a process. It has been a process of growth, a process of pain, a process of uncertainty, not knowing what lies next. The area where I was raised up in is a very poverty-stricken area, and as we were growing up, as a family, we would derive our livelihood from tilling the land. Early in the morning as children you will go pick your holes and you go to the garden to dig. And that is how you get your food. Part of it, if there is a good yield in a given season, you will take your crops, your vegetables or, or your corn and you go and sell it in the marketplace. And the money you get is what you use to buy the necessities of life. I grew up in that kind of a background. My dad was a school teacher for a number of years and he went for training and then became a parish priest with 12 churches in our parish. And every week my dad would be moving from one church to another, ministering the sacraments and baptizing. That is the kind of life we were raised up in. Our home was a home of people. We grew up with many orphans. And there are times that we could literally fight for food because there were so many in the home. I hated it many a times when people would come into our home and they would take your bed because there is not enough beds and you give the beds to the visitors who are coming. That is the kind of environment we grew up in. But it was a loving environment. My mom is a godly woman. Jim met her. And up to now they are still serving the Lord. My dad in his late 70s now and he is very sick. And by the time I was coming, he was actually admitted in a hospital. And I don't know how long he's going to live, but he has lived a godly man and, and led us to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for parents who instill the Lord's discipline in their children. And I'm excited that today I am here sharing with you. And I can attribute it all to what my parents planted in me at a very tender age. We live in a difficult time. A time in which it is so easy to get sidetracked. And my message today is a message entitled, It is not how well you start, but how well you Finished. And I have come to realize that the more you walk with the Lord, the more you begin to think that you know it all. If you have been saved for any length of time, you and I know that you have developed certain comfort zone in your life. For many of us, the first love that hit us when we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ to a certain extent has faded. Those early days when you would cry out to the Lord, when your heart will be bursting with excitement of the things of God to a certain degree has dwindled down. Why? Because you and I have learned a lot, you have seen it all, you have heard a lot, you have built what I would call a track record, and you have gathered a fair storehouse of wisdom. That is why I would say that the more you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, the greater the risk. And what is the risk? This is what we are going to discover. Some of us, we have become, should I say, too smart for our own good. And today we want to discover this in the life of one king in the Old Testament. And that is the king you have been reading about. King Asa of Judah. There is something fascinating about the kings of Israel. And many a times I go back, I go back, I go back. And study the lives of this king. From King Saul. When you talk about King Saul, King Saul basically represents a profile of a loser. A man who was so built up. A man who can, who can, who can make you stand in awe because of his appearance. But here was a man who was really afraid. A man who could not dare trust God wholeheartedly, but he covered it with his physique and with his appearance and with everything. All of you know the story of Saul. And then from Saul, I don't know how many kings. So many kings who rule the nation of Israel. And every time you take time to read the lives of this king, you are going to find one thing. They are either walking with God or they have turned their back against God. But our focus this morning is in the life of King Asa. Who is King Asa? Great grandson of Solomon. Solomon's son Rehobaham. And then Rehobaham gave birth to Abijah. And Abijah is, this, is the father of Esau. Rehobaham and Abijah, they left idol worship to take over the whole nation of Judah and Benjamin. Baal was welcomed as a help to the crops and Asherah poles which were carving of the male reproductive organs were a sign of the God of fertility and they were worshipping this kind of God they neglected the worship of the true God and in such a spiritual climate where there was no true worship of the true God God raised up this young king by the name of Esau the first thing that struck me about King Esau and that is the first point I want to share with you is that God does not care, ladies and gentlemen, what kind of background you come from for Him to use you. Today God can pick anyone from anywhere, a person who has been raised in a hidden environment, a person who has been raised among drunkards. God can go ahead and pick such a person from that kind of a background and use Him. And this is what we see in the life of Esther, that God still raises men and women from any background to fulfill his purpose regardless of their background or even their past. And so in chapter 14 from verse 1 to 11, as he has been read, King Asa became an instrument of God. King Asa developed a holy passion to see God's honor restored in Judah. He said, we are going to clean everything in the nation. We are going to start obeying the Lord's command and call out to him with all our hearts. And he said, the foreign altars must go. Everything that stood in the way of the true worship of the Almighty God must go. In verse 3. I tell you what, friends, that when God starts to work in the lives of his people, he will, first ex- he will first expose stuff in their lives, stuff that they must deal with. And to me, I consider foreign altars... As those strange things Things that are outside God's will Our ambitions that we have The worship of other God And we can be the God of pleasure The God of fame, The God of money Anything that sucks out the true worship of God in our life Becomes foreign altars that many of us build Because all our efforts And all our focus And all our attention Many a times is consumed by these things. And many a times we begin to belittle God, lowering him to our level. Anything that stands or takes the place of the true worship of God must be dealt with. That is the first thing Asa did. And then he came to the high places. And what are the high places? The high places today in our own personal life could be things like pride in our own life, our ego, our talent, whereby we begin to say, Hey God, I am doing you a favor. Look at me. Look at the giftings that God has given me. God, can't you even see it? And many a times those attitudes must be dealt with and fully surrendered to God. Because you and I are not going to make any headway in seeking God without first tearing down the accumulated junk in our soul. And for some of us, we need to stop rationalizing sin. And begin to start seeing the sinful particles we had not noticed which hindered God's work in our own lives. I wonder if this King Asa did not have any advisor when he went to that point of starting to touch the high places, the foreign altars. I wonder whether he did not have any advisors. And I could see some of them coming to King Asa and they said, Excuse me, King Asa, but your father built that particular shrine. In fact, your great-grandfather dedicated that altar. King, are you really sure that you want that altar, that shrine demolished? Are you really sure, King Asa? And Asa would reply, hey, come on, go ahead, tear them off. All this stuff came from the Canaanites. You and I, we must prepare ourselves, purify ourselves, and get ready to meet our God. King Asa took a radical stand to restore the true worship of God in the nation of Judah. And every time, friends, when people get hungry... To truly want to seek the face of God The Holy Spirit quickly will put a shovel and a broom in their hands Husbands and wives begin to deal with long-buried issues that are hurting their marriage I don't care You can be married for 40 or 30 years But don't say that you have got a guarantee of a good marriage There is a lot that goes on You and I know better Who have been married for a while the Holy Spirit will put a shovel in our hands. And this is what begins to happen. The men begin to start to take a closer look at the choices of their lives. Choices that will include how they are spending their time. How they are using their talents. How they are using their resources. Church members, friends, begin to see the damage that is being caused by their gossip. By their criticism. And for some of us this might sound old fashioned. But I tell you what. Sin. Whether we like it or not, sin grips the Holy Spirit and quenches His power amongst us. And without the blessing of the Spirit of God in our life, we miss out on what God has for us, regardless of what religious level you and I may carry. And so what did King Asa do? King Asa commanded the whole nation of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to obey His laws and decrees. And the result of the king's obedience, the Bible tells us that God gave the nation of Judah rest for 10 solid years. And Today I want us to know that there is a time for peace, there is a time for rest. That comes because you have obeyed God. Because there can be so much trouble, so much strife, so much pain. In life. But there comes a time of rest for God's people. When God simply gives you peace and rest. Because you have obeyed Him. Because you have trusted Him. Because you have done what He told you to do. And that's what verse 6 and 7 tells us. The Bible tells us in First Chronicles chapter 22 verse 9. And he says, you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon. God making that promise to David. David was a man of war. And God said, I'm going to give the one who will come after you rest. And I want us to know that, friends, there needs to be a Solomon moment in our lives. A time of peace and rest, which comes because you have obeyed the Lord. And so, with peace and rest, the Bible tells us in verse 7 Judah under King Asa prospered. People were established. And when there is prosperity, a lot of development takes place. And that brings us to the second point. The second point is that walking in obedience before the Lord does not guarantee that all will be well, and you and I know it better if we have walked with the Lord. And from verse 8 to 15 of chapter 13, of chapter 14 rather, we see here the great challenge that confronted King Asa and the nation of Judah. They were walking in obedience before the Lord. And I want us to know that godliness does not guarantee that everything will be fine. Seeking the Lord wholeheartedly does not exempt you and I from outside attack of the enemy. The enemy, whether we like it or not, always works full time. The Bible tells us that after 10 years of peace in Judah, the nation of Judah was invaded by the Cushites, a huge army for no apparent reason. And you know what? Because King Asa had a good and a vibrant, healthy walk with God, he knew what to do. And what did he do? He called on his God and said in verse 11, that Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O oh Lord, our God, for we rely on you and in your name we have come against this vast army. O oh Lord, you are our God. Do not let men prevail against you. And the Bible tells us that the Lord had the prayer of Asa. And God showed himself strong on his behalf. And they defeated the Cushites and gave Asa a great victory. some of us may struggle because you can be in the will of God and all hell breaks loose the year 2001 2000 rather as we are entering the 2001 I was so excited about God's work looking forward to the new decade gone is the 90's looking forward to what God is going to do There are even people who confirmed it by saying Micah, God is going to do great things in your life and in ministry I started the year by claiming God's blessing blessing that comes out of obedience in January I was pumped up desirous to see God do work in my life, in the life of my, in the life of my, of, of my family and in our ministry in the year 2001 started Two weeks into the year two thousand one. Our second born little girl fell so sick and we spent two, three weeks in hospital. Big Jim was there. The little girl that would never like Jim. Every time Jim would want to come to her, she would be oh! <laughs> three weeks we spent in the hospital. In the month of March I was travelling to the Bible school to go and spend some time with the students in the Bible school on my way back I got a bad accident the pickup crashed so badly that God spared me there was only a bruise on my head I said God is this the blessing that I have been anticipating at the end of May the church that we were heavily involved in for some unknown reason the Lord just dismantled the whole ministry we were now beginning our second service a lot of students were coming four of us were elders in that church we had to resign and leave and didn't know what to do It took us three months to begin this church that right now we are in. September the 4th, God took our little daughter, who was two and a half years old. The little girl whom we were with in the hostel for three years. He said, God, what have I done to deserve all this? the last six years we have questioned God God you took our second baby please give us another baby for the last six years nothing has happened pain that I struggle with and sometimes I wonder God why is that chapter 15 opens With a funny man who comes to speak the whole truth and not the kind of half-truth we are so used to today. Today many people will come and and say, Hey, God will bless your ministry. Thousands will be saved. And the following month you hear that the man of God who has been prophesied on is gone and the church is in disarray. And it happens. But this prophet comes and he speaks his heart out. It does not belittle what God is doing in Judah through King Asa. No, He does not. He does not even hype up King Asa's achievement. And indeed, God was working in the life of King Asa. He does not hype him up, but what does He say? He simply says, "Take it or leave it." And this is what the man of God tells King Asa in verse two of chapter fifteen. Let's read it. Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with Him. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. That message, instead of crippling as a spirit, that message propelled the king to seek the Lord the more. And I wonder what it would be for some of us today. Many of us will begin to say, come on God, you see how much I've done for you, can't you see the sacrifice I've made? The Bible tells us in verse 8, King Asa intensified his reform campaign. And what did he do? He he came out with three things. One, he removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin. And all the towns captured in Ephraim. Two, he assembled all the people in his nation. And made everyone to enter into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their father. And the third thing that King Asa did. And that is in verse 13 he said. Anybody who does not respond to this, that person must be put to death in verse 13. And then the last thing that he was so radical in doing, King Asa literally kicked his own grandmother from his palace. A woman by the name of Maka. Why would King Asa do such a thing? Because this grandmother made a repulsive Asherah pole, and the king's heart was fully committed to the Lord. What a man! What a man! And the Bible tells us for 35 years, there was peace, there was rest, there was prosperity in the nation of Judah. And honestly, who can beat that? Brings us to the third point that I want to share with you. And that is, when it comes to God, friend, there is nothing like a holding pattern. That brings us to chapter 36, to chapter 16. After 35 years of walking with the Lord, and friends, 35 years is a long time. 35 years is a long time. For some of us, 35 years is... A period of time in which you are able to see God work in and through your own personal life. Thirty-five years—the year you see your kids grow and they even become parents of their own. Thirty-five years are years you have seen God lead you through the twists and turns of life. Thirty-five years is a year—a years of great experience, be it good or bad. And for Asa, it has been years of seeing God use him as a leader of his people. And today I would say that I would be the greatest pastor. Honestly, the greatest pastor if the story ended this way. As Asa being the greatest king of Israel. A man who turned his nation to God and peacefully ended his reign as a man of God. But I tell you what, the opposite instead is the truth. The Bible tells us that 35 years went by And somewhere along the way, ladies and gentlemen, as has always happened to churches, as has happened to leaders like us who are pastors, as has happened to elders, as has happened to worship leaders, as has happened to Sunday school teachers, as has happened to deacons, or even whole denomination, King Asa stopped feeling his need for God. And he stopped obeying God. The guy simply switched off. And every time I come to this point, something in me begins to boil. Nobody knows why. Could it be that this king had reached a spiritual pinnacle in his life? For 35 years you have walked with God. You have seen how God has blessed you. You have seen how God has protected you. You have seen how God has answered your prayer. You have seen how God has shown himself strong on your behalf. And after all this experience, you come to a point whereby you become numb to the things of God. And nobody knows why. And would I be wrong to say today that you and I are either drawing nearer to God or falling away because there is nothing like a holding pattern. And what happened one day, the king got a report. And this report was that a big army from the north was coming against him. And what did this king, Asa, do? This king decided to go and literally empty all the Treasury of the of, of the whole nation. Every single coin in the economy, he went to the national treasury and removed each and everything and sent to a supposedly a friendly king, the king of Aram, by the name of Ben hadad asking him to help him. In other words, King Asa entered into a treaty with the heathen king for protection. Instead of depending on God, he totally forgot the past. He did not realize that some years ago when a mighty army from Cush came, he ran to God, and God worked on his behalf. This time, all those lessons of the past, all those encounters with God in the past, Asher brushed them aside. This time, he decided to take things in his own hand. And the Bible tells us that this great plan worked. The mounting pressure on King Asher by the army from the north cooled down. And everyone in, in, in Asa's pilots, the advisors, and all the commanders, they were so excited that the mounting army that was coming against them as a nation, they had run away because they had, there was a much bigger army that King Asa had entered into alliance with. And everybody in King Asa's palace, they were giving themselves high fives. And as they are giving themselves high fives, in walked the prophet of God, by the name of Hanani. And he began to speak. And ladies and gentlemen, faces in the palace suddenly begin to drop. The Bible tells us in verse 7 of chapter 16. And at that time, Anani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. The prophet of God zeroed on the king and said look here man when the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army attacked you when you relied on me Did I not deliver you from their hands and instead brought them into your hand? For the eyes of the Lord reign throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him in verse 8 and 9. You have done a foolish thing and from now on you will be at war. The same word foolish was thrown in the face of King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 13 where the Bible tells us you acted foolishly Samuel said you have not kept the command of the Lord your God if you had he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time and I believe that is what God was up to in doing in the life of King Asa. What am I trying to say, friends? Obedience. Always space. And today, should I say that God's eye is still running all across the world. Looking for someone. For anyone. Who will totally and passionately seek God with all his or her heart. And for such a person and for such a group, God will prove himself mighty. His power will literally explode on their behalf. Day after day, God keeps looking and looking and looking upon who He can pour out His, His grace, His favor, His blessing. And the question is, on who? I tell you what, the less you and I look for God, the more God has to go looking for us. And how I wish you and I today would simply run in God's direction. And the last part of chapter 16 is basically the showdown. I wish I could tell you that King Asa fell on his knees and begged God's forgiveness. For straying. For digging up his own political solutions instead of calling upon God. I wish I could say that. But no. I wish I could say that King Asa's heart melted in confession resulting into a return to the fervent faith of his younger days. I wish I could tell you that, but in fact, it is the opposite. Instead, this king became so angry with the prophet who brought God's word to him. And what did he do? He went and put this prophet of God in prison. And he brutally began to oppress the men and women in the nation of Judah that God has placed him over. The king who one time led a whole nation in seeking God Now has become a cold hearted oppressor of his own people The king who one time could not spare his own grandmother The king who could not tolerate sin in his own palace Now turned his back against God And the question is how far can a man fall? The story of Asa is a sad one. It is a story that shows that we can easily mess up everything God has done in our lives. The life of our family. The life of our ministry. Just in an instant because we have failed to remain consistent in our walk in our love and in our trust of God please compare Asa and his great 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 grandfather David David whom the Bible tells us in his latter years made mistake too in fact David's mistakes were far worse than that of Asa but when David was rebuked by prophet Nathan the Bible tells us he broke down and said I have sinned greatly in the eyes of the almighty God what I have done is Unbelievable. He confessed in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 10. And Psalm 51 is a record of that. And in fact, Psalm 51 is an eloquent, emotional outpouring of guilt before the Lord. No wonder the Bible tells us David was called a man after God's own heart. And today I want us to know that men and women who have got a seeking heart, they still will make mistakes, but their reaction to rebuke is going to be different. Because it will show the condition of their heart. It will determine what God will do with them in future. And if Asa, like his great-great-great-grandfather, David, had broken before God, who knows how his life would have ended. Maybe it would have been a different story the closing picture of this king is so pitiful. As an old man, the Bible tells us that he developed a painful case of a foot disease. And theologians tell us that King Asa's heart was so hardened, hardened to the point whereby he never sought God's help. The Bible, the theologians tell us that King Asa stayed in his palace and he never seeked for God's help. And he hoped like a frog in his own palace and never sought help from God. God afflicted him with a foot disease and he hoped in his palace like a frog. And even in that, he never thought once to turn to God. And from verse 12 to 13, in his for the first year of rain, the king died. Friends, it's not how well you start. It is how well you finish. As I started well, 35 years of faithfully walking with the Lord, I tell you what, even good people make bad decisions. Smart guys end up doing dumb things. And when someone cares enough to tell you when you have strayed from your path, please follow it hard and face the reality and tackle the issue and say thank you. As a story is a tragedy of an inconsistent life. My biggest concern, and with this I conclude, are two, two big concerns. Personally, my concern here needs your prayers. That as I share with you all this, I have got my own personal apprehension. And my personal apprehension is that I see so much of the assas syndrome today. I see traces of it in my own personal life. I think I can easily fail to keep on trusting in God. To walk by faith. To lead God's people in the way that God would want me to. Because I am so human and I am so interested in quick results than the process. I am so much prone to the easy quick fix. The first way of service and of seeing results. As a human being we all struggle with that. And I am one of them. I am also afraid that I find myself critical and exaggerating my own fatigue and my lack. Sometime I find myself complaining and saying Oh God, I have been trusting you for all these years Can't you just make things begin to ease up a little bit for me For how long, oh God Will I keep trusting you for the next meal For the next ma- amount of money that I need for ministry Oh God, for how long do I need to keep trotting all the time To go and share about what you are doing To raise funds and to do this For how long? I keep saying to myself When well, will this stop? Can I just be in one place? Every other year, I take two months of my time to travel at the expense of my family and ministry. I struggle a lot. And you know what? Every time I begin to juggle this kind of thinking in my own mind, I hear the Holy Spirit nudging me and saying, Come on, Micah. Come on, Micah. Be real. And God saying, That is my cut for you in my economy. See the lives I am touching, the people I am bringing in your path, the students, the young families who are looking to you and your wife, Grace, for help, for support. Come on, Micah. People who are coming to you for guidance and leadership. Get real. I sense the Holy Spirit saying, that's so louder than my complaint and whining. And my concern for you here as I conclude and I stand also to be corrected and that is that God has been good to you. God has placed you in an environment that you don't have to struggle that much like many of us in developing countries. Because somehow there is a good system that favors life, good governance that supports personal initiative. And even if you can't think for yourself or work, somehow there is a package that can easily bail you out when you're in trouble so that you can get back on your two feet, which is not so in many poor African countries like ours, Uganda. But what is my concern in this context? My concern is that In the midst of all this, one can easily become indifferent, one can easily begin to close their heart and even not feel any need for God. One can close their eyes to the needs around. Like King Arthur, you switch off the needs in the world, who cares? Let them suffer. It is their own making and you start rationalizing and some of us will begin to say, Hey, I have given and given and given. Not again. When will it ever stop? And some even go to the point of saying, Why can't people get their act together and take care of themselves? And the enemy has got all kinds of rational questions that he will bring into your mind. And I wish today we can be like David. Who the Bible says in Acts chapter 13 verse 36 That David served God's purpose in his own generation And died And God's purpose for us today, ladies and gentlemen Is to make a difference in our world And this involves praying This involves going This involves giving And please may I encourage you today to assess where you are And do what God tells you to do Let us not be like King Asa, who started well but ended badly. Let us be like David who served God's purpose in his own generation. There is only one life to live. And the greatest thing I want to see is that I have lived my life for the honor and glory of God and that I have finished well. And that I have made a difference living a life of a legacy. Pastor William, let's bow heads together and pray. Lord, I pray because it's so easy, so, so easy to switch off. We see it in the life of us. We see it all the time. Help us to be consistent in the midst of the twists and turns of life. To remain faithful to you. Help us Lord to live for you. And to serve your purpose in our own generation. Thank you for speaking to us through the life of King Asa. And help us to walk in your ways. Lord should there be anyone here. Who sees himself or herself so much. In the path of King Asa. May you wake them up. Do it Lord. I thank you and in Jesus name I pray. (laughs) Amen.